Hey everybody, welcome to the Basic Buzz. My name is Davey, and this is episode 17. Today with me, I have my wonderful co-host, Trista. Thank you, sir. What up, what up, people? How you doing? I'm doing well. And yourself, Trista? Not too bad, not too bad. Not too shabby. That's good to hear. So, uh, you heard we've got uh, a guest today, a special feature guest. Yes, sir, we do. I know, and her name, and guys, I think you guys are going to find this really interesting, and uh, her story, very inspiring. Her name is Miss Ashley, and Ashley, she's over here from the Eat Well Exchange. So, Ashley, tell us a bit more about yourself. Hi, everybody, and thank you, Davey and Trista, for having me today. Um, Well, my name is Ashley Carter. I'm from Miami, Florida. And I started Eat Well Exchange because I have a background in nutrition and I noticed that there was a gap. So a lot of people are from different cultures, whether you're from, you know, your family's from the Caribbean, they're from France, they're from Ecuador, wherever your family may be from. But I noticed that with the, that we were only learning about the Western diet. Right. So that's, I started Eat Well Exchange so that I can meet people where they are and teach them how to um, increase the knowledge and access of fresh fruits and vegetables and just improve their diet and prevent, um, prevent health complications. Wow. Now that, that's, that's a mouthful right there. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I got a little tongue tied no, saying everything. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's really cool. So, so start us off with this. What is your connection to... Um, I guess nutrition and the and just like diet and the whole eating and dieting and all that stuff. Okay. Well, for me, uh, my passion to nutrition started because both of my parents actually had type two diabetes, mm. and type two diabetes is there are some genetic components, but the main influence is your diet and your environment. So pretty mm. much that means that my parents did not have to have it; they were not guaranteed to have it. And um, there was a lot they could have done to prevent it. But the lifestyles that they lived in, the environment we lived in, influenced them to have it. So by environment, I know a lot of times you think environment, it could be like, you know, if you live near an oil rig or if you live near something like that. But honestly, the environment I'm talking about is one that's not conducive to eating fresh fruits, vegetables, and whole grains. Mm. So I was raised in Liberty City. And Liberty City in um, Miami is actually considered a food desert. So it's an area that does not have access to affordable fruits and vegetables. So yeah, man. This oh wow. (laughs) I got I've been through Liberty City. I had to stop there for gas one time, and I didn't. It's and you're you're right. Actually, when I think about it, like I don't remember seeing a single grocery store actually. (laughs) No, you'll see corner stores, and you go see a gas station. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to like a Publix. Uh, Walmart or Winn-Dixie, honestly, that did not exist when I was growing up. We had to, fortunately, my family had a car, so we drove to Winn-Dixie, which was actually in the neighboring city, Hialeah. Mm -hmm. But for a lot of other people, they had to catch a bus or they would have to walk. And when you think about that, if you have limited resources, like limited funds, it's a strain to think about catching a bus just to go and get fruits and vegetables. Very much. Very much. And that's, that's the basic necessity. Like, you need food. Right. And honestly, I'm not that old. So it's not like I'm talking about something that happened decades ago. This was just, you know, 
20 years ago that, you know, that I didn't have that access growing up. And even to this day, now there's a Walmart in Liberty City. Mm. But still, when it comes to Publix or when Dixie, that has not um, happened as of yet. Wow. Oh, wow. And so your exposure to your parents and you're in that environment, like you saw the food going in and you saw the end result. And and I'm guessing, and, and this is from information, I guess, like you, you, found passion in that like in by going to school to study for it and you became a uh, in, in dietetics correct yes i got my degree in dietetics but pretty much um growing up in that environment i did not question it i just thought that was normal mm-hmm. like this is how everyone lives because it's all i knew but then i went off to college in tallahassee mm-hmm. and i'm surrounded by walkable communities so that means that i was able to walk to Publix because i didn't have a car when i was in college i was mm-hmm. able to walk to Publix. There was an easy access, like a um, a shuttle that went to Publix and Walmart. And I saw that a lot of my colleagues, their parents didn't have diabetes. So that's when my brain started to click. And I was like, wait, why does my family have it? But theirs does not. And pretty much they grew up in areas that they had that increased access and they had the knowledge and they knew more about physical activity than I did growing up. Wow. That's amazing. And so... Huh. I mean, like, I mean, I, I, it's it's funny. It's I, I apologize, like, because we hear about it a lot, and I don't think I'm sure there's a lot of our listeners that have had the same experience you had, which is like they start off in a neighborhood not knowing any better because that's just the, I mean, that's what you were raised in. It's what you've known yeah, from the, the beginning, norm, yeah. the norm. And then you get to, you know, something takes you away from that, and you see there's a lot more offered, and and the circumstances are different. And in your case, now you formulate that picture and you're like, okay, this is, you know, these diseases are preventable. These options that happen to these cities and, and the places I grew up and these kids that are, you know, headed in the, perhaps in that same direction, you know, you've, you made a decision and the decision was eat well exchange, right? Exactly. So then I started working as a nutrition educator for low-income populations. And I felt like I was making a difference by working for that population. But I also noticed that where I was working, I was kind of doing them a disservice because I was talking to these clients and I was trying to assist them. But I noticed that a lot of um, my coworkers, they didn't know anything about their diets. So they were not able to really counsel them correctly Mm -hmm. because they were giving them suggestions that I knew from my upbringing that our clients wouldn't follow. So that's what really told me I had to step outside of where I was working and create my own. That way I can give them, you know, the real deal and just really help them and find ways to make foods that we like a little bit healthier. Damn. Yeah, I, I like that twist on it. <laughs> Thank you. It's like you're making sure, okay, let me, realistic foods that people I know will eat, don't just try to change their whole diet to something that they're more than likely won't stick to and won't follow, but to try to incorporate what they would actually eat. That's that's awesome. Taking into consideration that you know you you have a Caribbean background, you grew up in Miami. I'm, is this the same reason you decided to go back to Miami and bring that knowledge that you learned and the passion that you have for it and start E Well Exchange in Miami? Oh, definitely. Miami is a melting pot. Like it's the true definition of a melting pot of all the different cultures, food, people, like everywhere that you drive, just 
if I leave my house right now, I'll pass a Jamaican restaurant, I'll pass an Indian restaurant, I'll pass, you know, a Haitian restaurant. So it's just so many different cultures. What, I mean, like, eWell Exchange, I know there's, you've, you've simplified it for us, but what are, do you have, like, any specific events or, like, uh, flagship events that eWell Exchange uh, e Exchange does? Um, well, a big event we had this year, actually this April, sorry, you guys just missed it, ah. but we, <laughs> we had, a, we had a cultural chef cook off. So that what? event, oh my goodness, it was so much fun. <laughs> I'm mad I didn't get invited to this. <laughs> oh, don't worry. Next year, you guys are going to be there. VIP seats. Trust me. Oh my God. Um, so the cultural chef cook off, the purpose of that event was to show how different cultures can create a healthy dish using their traditional spices and cooking methods. Mm -hmm. So what we did is kind of like the show Chopped. Have you guys seen that before Certainly. where they have the mystery box? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So pretty much we did like Chopped. We took a mystery box full of ingredients, and it was pretty random, too. Like one of the boxes, it had jackfruit, it had barley, it had strawberries, papaya, and like tuna. <laughs> and pretty much... The chefs were from four different cultures mm -hmm. and they had to create a dish within 40 minutes using their own cultural spices as well. So we had a chef from Ecuador, one from Venezuela, one from Virgin Islands and one from Haiti. Ooh. And they all competed live on stage. It was so much fun. That sounds delicious. I, it sounds cool and it sounds delicious. I mean, those are kind of cool. That's a dope event. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So the purpose of that event is just to bring awareness because a lot of times we um, gravitate towards the Western diet when it comes to being, you know, healthy and nutritious. Mm. But we want to show that Virgin Island has healthier ways of cooking. None of them use salt or anything like that. They use a lot of herbs and spices. Mm -hmm. And they took the exact same box and made completely different dishes. So that shows you how like every culture is ha can add variety to any dish. What? I so guess... That no, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. So that was one of the big events we had this year. But coming up, we have our Family Fit Day. Mm -hmm. That's actually in July 28th. It's a community event. It's free. It's geared for children eight and older. And it's a day of physical activity and nutrition. So we have a personal trainer who comes out. He does fun activities with the kids. We have a Zumba instructor, a yoga instructor, um, uh, boxing instructor, different um, physical activity aspects like that for the children to get involved. Mm -hmm. And we do, um, last year we did healthy smoothies for the kids. Right. And that's something easy that, you know, a mom and the child can do in the morning. They can just put the ingredients in the night before and just blend it the morning of mm -hmm. so they can make a quick smoothie and dash out the door. So we do things like that for the parents and for the children to get involved and just right. have a day full of fitness and nutrition. That's, and so, um, Oh, you travel as well, correct? Yes. Um, actually, last month we went to Haiti, which Dang. was an awesome experience. We went to Grand Guave, Haiti. Mm -hmm. And while we were there, we taught the children of Carl's Village, which is a local nonprofit there, um, about nutrition. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the children there did not speak English. So it was interesting because we used a lot of pictures and we really had volunteers help them understand better 
And it also helped us learn more too, because I came out there learning a little bit more Creole than I oh, man. <laughs> than I expected. Which See, was that's awesome. good. That's good. And <laughs> and uh, correct me if I'm wrong. The director of Carl's Village is Vanessa Fleury, correct? Oh yes, yes. Vanessa's amazing. She is. I gotta get her on the show. She's she's doing big things over there. She's really spent a lot of time dedicating. Um, with with her organization, Carl's Village. So that's she's uh, she's definitely a champion for Haiti. That's pretty cool. Oh, she really is. And we're actually going, hopefully, going back in October because we're starting a garden with Carl's Village. No way. Oh. oh. <laughs> because remember, when it comes to access, and we mm-hmm. actually did, um, Vanessa gave us like the true Haiti experience. Like we did everything with her and with the kids. We went to the market Mm -hmm. because one thing that really blew me away is that they have a market every Saturday, Mm -hmm. like how we have farmer's markets, Mm -hmm. but they really don't have grocery stores. So pretty much if you want produce, you want chicken, you want spaghetti, whatever you may want, you have to get that on Saturday. And if you don't get that on Saturday, you may not be able to get that until next week, Saturday. Wow. Hmm. And that just... I know that just really blew my mind because, you know, just today I wanted to make a stir fry for dinner. So I ran to Publix before this call, you know, purchase the cabbage. The convenience of the convenience (laughs) of having that opportunity to just go down the street is is, uh, definitely helpful. What is I guess we'll I want to ask you, like, what is one thing that maybe someone out there that's listening now that is living in a place in a desert, in a food desert that doesn't have the opportunity, what is something maybe that you can say to them in a few words and be like, hey, this is something they should focus on? Hmm. Okay, for someone living in a food desert, the main thing is variety. So you may not have all the um, fruits and vegetables that um, you may have at a Publix or at a Whole Foods, but with the fruits and vegetables, the, the foods that you can get access to, eat a better variety of them. So even if it comes to cereal, you shouldn't eat the same cereal every day. Change it up, eat different cereals. And the purpose of that is the more variety you have in your diet, the more nutrients you're going to get. So if you only ate the same thing, if all you ate was black beans every day, Black beans are great, but you would get more nutrients if you switched it up between black beans and navy beans and white beans because you would get different nutrients into your diet. So I would just encourage them to eat a variety of what of the foods that they have access to. Thank you. And guys, uh, Basic Fam, we'll be right back. We're just going to take a little break and then we'll be back with the topics du jour. Uh, All right, Basic Fam, we're back and we have Miss Ashley Carter here from the EWL Exchange. And we thought it'd be kind of interesting to kind of go down since she has a little bit of, she has the experience and the education here that we as average people probably don't. Um, Ashley, (laughs) one of the things that kind of popped up this summer pretty heavily is um, detoxes. Like if you've looked anywhere from People Mag to Vogue to, shoot, if you've been listening to the, uh, to the morning shows, they talk about detoxing all the time. What what is detoxing? First off, okay, and yes, you're right. Detoxing is a huge thing going on now. They have like a lot of the teas and all kind of things oh, yeah. geared to detoxing. But the actual uh, detoxing is just the process of removing toxins from your body. That's that's the overall form of that's the overall definition of detoxing. Right. 
Gotcha. So what what are, I guess, like, what are the basic uses then, like, for detoxing? Okay. Well, I'll explain it a little bit better. Not to get too sciencey, but it helps. Um, there's different toxins. There's the endotoxins. So it's pretty much all of the toxins that our body makes mm-hmm. from breaking down food. So just from basic metabolism. So that's, you know, you're not doing anything extra in life. You're just eating your basic foods, your body's breaking them down, and that's creating toxins. Then there's other toxins that we get. So that's um, from different types of foods we eat, like some of the processed foods. From mm-hmm. drinking, from breathing in air, from our skin. Just through mm-hmm. our skin, we're getting toxins that way too. So mm-hmm. from so our regular day-to-day activities are causing us to have toxins. But luckily, our body naturally can detox itself. Oh, so wow. naturally, yes, we detox. That's what our liver's here for. Oh, liver, <laughs> that's that yes. thing that keeps failing on me every every Friday night. That gotcha. thing. <laughs> <laughs> so naturally, we detox. But honestly, everyone detoxes in different rates. That's from a lot of different factors, whether it's genetics, from the foods that we eat. Everyone detoxes a little bit differently. Right. So now whatever your body doesn't naturally detox, your body stores it as fat or it stores it in your tissues or in your bones. And so that's really what everyone's trying to get rid of mm-hmm. when they think of detoxing, that stored toxins. Gotcha. So... I'm just, I mean, I'm hearing all these crazy detox. So you mentioned the tea detox. <laughs> I'm, I've heard one that's like the, uh, the bone marrow soup detox. And I'm just thinking oh, yeah. like, what, do any of these actually have validity? Um, yes and no. Just putting something out there. When it comes to all of the teas and supplements, most of them are not FDA regulated. So what that means is that I can make a tea right now at home and sell it and we don't know the cause or effects of this tea until negative things happen that they do research on it. Hmm. So that's just telling you that a lot of those products you see on the shelves, even the ones that are at the major stores, they're not FDA regulated. Supplements are not only, you know, our foods and medications are, but supplements are not. So you do have to be very careful. I honestly recommend against those. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to a good detox, um, a good rule of thumb is to get it from the garden. So hmm. what I mean by that is eat foods that you can grow, like fruits, vegetables, whole wheat, nuts, seeds. Foods like that can naturally help detox your body. Gotcha. So if I went on a vegan diet for a week, I just did the best be de- a pretty solid detox. <laughs> oh yeah, pretty solid. <laughs> but that's not everyone can do the vegan diet, honestly, or mm. vegan lifestyle because it's you know it's pretty restrictive for some people. Mm. But another thing that you that I recommend doing is listening to your body. So what I mean by that is try to go a week without dairy. And if you notice you went a week without dairy and now all of a sudden you're not bloated, you don't have as much mucus, you're not as inflamed, Mm -hmm. then try to decrease dairy in your diet. I learned that lesson about three years ago. It is (laughs) dairy. I love cheese, so I couldn't do without cheese, but I got rid of my milk, got rid of like creams, a lot of that kind of stuff. Just because I I noticed myself like my body would just seem bloated all the time for some reason. And I love whole milk. So, well, it does but. not love you. No, nope, exactly. it does not love you back. <laughs> oh no! I trust me. I completely understand because I love cheese as well, but it does not love me. <laughs> uh, 
My roommate's that way too. Lactose intolerant. I'm not going to tell you what it sounds or smells like in that room after he eats. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ash, and so... I guess like that brings us to number two, topic number two of the day, which is fast. I mean, this it's summer. Everybody's trying to get ready for, um, you know. Well, I, I, let me rephrase. It's summer. There's a cup. There's two ways you can look at this. One of the ways I was actually interested in asking you is because um, I have some close friends of mine that are um, that are. Muslim and for instance they go through and do their summer fast where they have a 30 days where they don't eat during the daylight hours and so I was wondering like how does a fast affect our bodies okay fasting has been done for histories it's been done for a while and a lot of times it's for religious reasons Mm -hmm. so um, when it comes to fasting I'll talk about it for someone who does not have medical issues okay Mm -hmm. Because if you do have medical issues, you're in a completely different ballpark. So if you have diabetes, if you have blood, high blood pressure, if you have um, any kind of um, like autoimmune conditions or anything like that, then you definitely should talk to your doctor before fasting because it's your body is functioning completely different. Right. Just wanted to say that first. Yeah. But um, when it comes to fasting, pretty much it's just defined as going a period with little or no food pretty much. So our bodies are made to fight off starvation. So what I mean by that is our bodies are made, you know, back in the prehistoric days where we were hunting and gathering food or we were living based on the harvest that we would produce. So that means that our bodies are not just going to break down everything as we put them into our body. It's going to hold on to foods when it feels that we're not eating enough. That way we don't starve and die. (laughs) So... When you think about it like that, if you're going periods where you're fasting, for some people that can actually make them gain weight because mm. their body's going to hold on to food when they do eat again. Right. Yeah. Mm. But um, there has been some successful studies of fasting, so I don't want to make it sound like, you know, fasting's completely negative. They have a 5-2 diet pretty much, and that's where you eat a normal diet five days out the week and two days a week you fast, which is for them eating 500 calories. And this was a study done by the National Institute in Health. So it was it was valid. And pretty much the people in that study, they actually lost weight. Their triglycerides went down, which is um, like your cholesterol. Mm. And they had like a lot of good um, impacts like with their heart and everything like that. And But for me personally, I don't recommend like the fasting style diets because mm. there's a lot of negative that's associated with it as well. Mm. Because 500 calories, that's nothing. Yeah. That's no. that's, re- <laughs> that's really nothing. One slice of bread is, you know, over 100 calories. Yeah. Exactly. So when you think about that, that's like two slices of bread that's a and, a, uh, yeah, and that's, cheese. I know. <laughs> and think about it. You can't even do like peanut butter because one spoon of peanut butter is already 200 calories. So you can't even exactly. do that. <laughs> so when you think about it, that's really unrealistic. And the downfall is a lot of times that you're skipping, um, you'll skip breakfast. And then the days when you can eat, please believe you're going ham. You're going to eat everything that comes to your mind because you're going to binge. Exactly. You're going to eat all the carbs. You're going to eat everything. Like anything that's not moving fast enough, you're going to eat it because, you know, you're starving. Oh, no, thank you. That's not for me. (laughs) Yeah. I'm small. I like to eat. 
<laughs> me personally, I wouldn't recommend to do that. Of course, if you're fasting for religious reasons, that's different because I have done that myself as well. But if it's just to lose weight or because you have a wedding coming up or an event or a pool party, I wouldn't recommend to fast. So that brings me to the last topic of the day. <laughs> so, crash diet. Yes, crash dieting, like juicing and all that kind of stuff. Like I have so many friends that have these Miami trips planned actually because you know everybody from outside of Miami is like oh let's go to Miami for a weekend and they're all like okay I haven't got my summer body yet which January guys basic fam we had a a, uh, athletic trainer on here telling you what you had to do to get ready for summer y'all had six months six months (laughs) okay yeah and now they come out and they're like oh my god I you know what I didn't do anything but I hit the gym and every day and then I've been juicing or doing some other crazy crash diets to just try and lose like 10 pounds which is all water weight essentially and uh there you go exactly so I mean how I mean is it that bad even you know what I'm saying like are you is that something that you can kind of get away with doing once in a while or is that just you taking a shot to your system oh yeah you're definitely taking a shot to your system and just to start off, I know you said the term crash dieting, but an easy way for you to group that, um, if you ever do a diet or any kind of plan and it guarantees quick results with little effort and you're cutting out food groups or it's limited amount to food, that's how you know it's a crash diet. Gotcha. So an example, if someone says all you have to do is just put a little bit of cayenne pepper on grapefruits. Sample is on purpose. And you're going to lose 20 pounds, then you should know that's a crash diet because you're getting quick results for no effort and you're cutting out foods and you're limiting foods in your diet. Yeah, it reminds me of the old Slim Fast commercials. <laughs> so, like you said, you are going to lose weight. Like, I know that um, even when I was in high school, girls that used to do the diets for prom and even now spring break when I was in college, people would do diets. You will lose the weight. You can lose 20 pounds doing crash diets, just being honest. But it has so much damage in your body. I read one time in a study that every time you crash diet, it takes away like five years from your life. What? I don't know. (laughs) Exactly. They need to advertise that. (laughs) Right. And the reasoning behind that is because a lot of times you're um, making yourself deficient in different vitamins that um, that are important. And also it's a lot of stress for your heart. And then for women, it can cause fertility issues because you actually need some of those proteins to help when it comes to, um, like your hormones and everything. Wow. I felt like that was a mic drop moment. (laughs) Killed it. Man. Okay. Well, I I mean, we need to, I feel like this needs to be a PSA. Like, like you'd be surprised. No, we have guests come on sometimes and like, you know, we're just talking and they're saying stuff that generally is general knowledge, but then they drop that extra piece that, you know, the news doesn't put out or like whatever. And, and, and the, that's like even crazier. And you're like, oh my, why don't they tell us this? <laughs> like, that's and crazy. Do you know what the worst part is? There's worse. Sorry. <laughs> There's five <laughs> years. It's not good enough. <laughs> Okay, so here's the worst part. That let's say you did lose 20 pounds on this diet. Once you're done, give it a week or two, and you'll probably gain back 30. Oh, okay, yeah. So it's like you gain back the original weight plus a little bit more because your body now thinks like, uh oh, we're starving. So oh. let me go ahead and store some more um, of the calories they're putting in as fat, so just insult. in case this happens to me again. So there's insult on top of injury. 
on top of loss of five years, I'm like, I'm done. <laughs> that's well, crazy. I can make it positive if that's better because I don't want to just tell you all you can't do. Um, I can tell you some positive dieting tips if that helps. Yeah, we'd love to f- hear that right now. Right now, I need <laughs> some positivity in my life. <laughs> so some of the positive things that you can do, remember that um, whenever you lose weight or you try to, I try to stay away from the word dieting because dieting typically is short term. Mm-hmm. I like to focus more on lifestyle changes because that's something that you're doing today that you plan on doing forever. Yeah, I plan and on so slaying for the rest be- of my life. Exactly. So pretty much what you should do is plan meals and snacks and be realistic. So if you plan out when you're going to eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you're more than likely going to eat something healthier. Compared to if you don't have a plan, you're going to stop and eat fast food or whatever you pass on the way home. True. Oh, that's so true. So So true. true. I pre-purchased fifty-two a bag of 52 Reese's Buttercups because I know I'm going to eat one every night. So... (laughs) I don't think that's what she meant. <laughs> it's not. But also that does tie into it. I want, like, whenever I tell someone that we're working on a diet, I tell them to be realistic. If you love Reese's, I'm not going to say don't eat a Reese's ever again. I'm going to say, okay, well, you know, you can have it, but let's not eat it every day. Let's let's try to work towards every other day or every two days. Mm-hmm. Because anything you deprive yourself from, you're going to crave for it so bad, you won't mm-hmm. even know what to do with yourself. That's true. Very true. Well, Ashley, I mean, you've dropped so many gems here. I don't even know what to say. Like, this whole thing has been a great experience. So I I just want to thank you. I mean, really thank you for all this. uh, Our previous guest left me speechless, and I feel like I'm more speechless now, like, learning about this, the healthy dieting slash lifestyle changes that I need to make now. Yes, no more. Yeah. We have experts on the show. Oh, my God. Like, not, edu- not just educate like everybody else, but we also learn quite a few things ourselves that we thought we knew a little something about, but then we get checked. I know. I'm, <laughs> I'm actually finding out that detoxing is actually not a bad thing. It's like I can actually find a healthy one as long as I reduce the bad things. I put it in for a week and let my body kind of rebalance and then go back to, you know, my Reese's exactly. one a day. <laughs> you and this Reese's. <laughs> Man, so Ashley, tell us, I mean, before I let you go, I really want you to be able to kind of, I want people to know about UL Exchange, so can you just tell them one more time what you do, how they can go, get in contact with you, or or like get um, involved with Eat Well Exchange? Okay, well again, Eat Well Exchange, we're a nonprofit, so pretty much we provide nutrition education with a focus on culture. So it's me and my girlfriend, Jasmine, we go out to different communities and we just teach them how to eat better with the foods that they are accustomed to. And also we're working on increasing access. So if a community does not have access to fresh fruits and vegetables, we try to find ways to either start a community garden or to bring more of those items to them. You can find me on Instagram. Well, we have an Instagram page, Eat Well Exchange. Mm -hmm. We're also on Facebook. And our website is eatwellexchange.org. And we post a lot of good, healthy recipes from a lot of different cultures. We just posted um, a tzatziki recipe. We posted um, a summer salad. So we're always posting things from different cultures so that you have um, different items to choose from. And I know I mentioned we have our family fit day. So I invite everyone to come out July 28th. It'll be in Fort Lauderdale. And they can find that information on our website as well. Thank you so much, Ashley. You are a wonderful person, and we appreciate everything you do in the community, and we wish you the best. 
Thank you. Thank you, Dabby and Trista, for having me. I really enjoyed being on this show with you guys and just talking about the different topics. Thank hey, you so and much. Hey, feel free to come back. Feel free to come back. <laughs> yeah, always. We, we love return visits. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. Alrighty. Hey, listen, the more you drink, the prettier everybody gets. The way I said, <laughs> that is true. Unfortunately, that's true. <laughs> I mean, let's say some hashtag real talk real fast. Mm, speaking of which, so uh, so what drink yeah. are you presenting to us today that's going to make people prettier? I got I got two two options for you. We can do both mm. um, or just do one. Depends on how much you oh, want no, to be doing both. Tonight. It's 4th of July. I'm doing a ton. <laughs> so do you know who you're asking that question to? <laughs> Fair enough. So these are going to be – they work for they're, – they're great for – they're great summertime cocktails. Uh, I would say neither one is probably the first thing you think of when you think 4th of July. Now, at the same time, you know, uh, when, you, when we talked about coming back on and, and bringing in a cocktail, you know, for 4th of July, I was like, well – the fourth is such a, it feels like a very beer specific kind of uh, holiday mm. in the U.S. So these are gonna, these are gonna sound almost un-American. Oh, but God. go with me on this. All right. All right so the, the two I got are both rum based, and it's the. Uh, let's start with this one, the classic daiquiri. Now before people right. freak out and go, this is this is blasphemy. Hold up, <laughs> I'm not talking about a frozen daiquiri. This is not you know uh, your grandmother's uh, you know fun time slushy evening drink. This is a real classic daiquiri, which are amazing. Also, know who drank daiquiris? Ernest Hemingway, the oh. like American author. Like, if there's Dude. an American author, like the great American novelist, it's Hemingway. Despite the fact that he was an expatriate for many decades, I'm not worry about that. Part. <laughs> Cuba, but huge, huge daiquiri fan, Hemingway. So. If you have a problem with the daiquiri, you have a problem with Hemingway. And if you have a problem with Hemingway, you may not be American. Again, <laughs> so so well, okay. of July, here's what you can do. Uh, so to make your daiquiri, this, if you're making an individual portion, and you'll have to obviously enlarge this for the size of your group, but for individual portions, it's very simple. Two ounces of light rum, three quarters of an ounce of fresh uh, lime juice, and then three quarters of an ounce of simple syrup. And that's it. Whoa. That's it. And simple syrup, I think we've talked about before, but it's just equal parts sugar and water. Uh, you, you put them over a stove and then just stir it till they mix together. It takes about five minutes for that to happen. And then you let it uh, you know, chill in the refrigerator overnight. And that's that's simple syrup. It is literally simple. And also syrup. <laughs> so, yeah, that's uh, that's the daiquiri. And so I, I kind of rediscovered this drink like a summer, two summers ago. And it is hands down my go-to drink now for summertime. It, the weather the weather hits 85, and I'm like daiquiris all day. Sort of something refreshing. Mm. Uh, I, I find you know, sort of lemons and limes sort of that, that that tart flavor to be a refreshing thing. Uh, limes are going to be very much in season right now, so I like that tartness. It sort of brightens everything up. Obviously, if you, if you chill it, it's going to be super cold and delicious. You're drinking good, refreshing cocktails in the summertime. Amen. That's what it's about. Amen. Well, Tim, man, yeah. laid it down for us real fast. That's crazy. I, uh, that's that's how I do it. So uh, the other one, yeah, I'm gonna talk about <laughs> two. two. Oh Another one. We have two options. This is a family I, show, sir. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I know you wanted to get out of here. But also, not uh, not not a word you'd normally associate with uh, American independence, but mojito. Oh, Mo- that and I mojitos. Do. Hold up, and, and uh, mojitos, and we're gonna do a, we're gonna do a twist on the normal mojito. And this twist, it might change lives. Like. You know what? I want to go ahead and say it's going to change lives. For better or for worse, I won't go there, but it will change lives. So the ingredients you need, and there's a step process to this, which we'll go into mm-hmm. in a second, but the, the things you'll need is you'll need mint leaves. You know, Get your simple syrup out. So if you're already making daiquiris, you've got the simple syrup. you need some more limes, some more lime juice. We're using a white rum, 
Now, normally, the classic mojito calls for club soda. We are not going to use club soda. And I'm going to tell you what we're topping with after I go through the whole process. So start off, you get your mint leaves, you get your simple syrup, you got your uh, your lime juice. Put it in the bottom of your of your glass, your, your mixing dish, your mixing glass, and just muddle that gently. I like to spank the mint, but you know that's how, that's just me. Not everyone's a spanker. I just spank the mint. I'll <laughs> muddle it. Just do one of those two. You don't need to do both. Just do one. And if you're gonna muddle, it's a it's a, gi- it's a gentle muddle. You just want to like break the mint, the mint leaves a little bit, so like it, like it's a little bit of that mint oil coming out. Mm. And then once they're out, you kind of stir those together with the uh, the simple syrup and the lime juice. Put your ice in, uh, and then put in your, your your rum, and then give that a quick stir. Uh, so you're just gonna mix it all up. And you can do this all in the glass you're gonna drink from. It can all be done right there. Instead of topping with club soda, top it with ginger beer. What? Change changes lives. Lives are changed. It's, it's a whole it's a whole new world. It's it's yeah, a Latin jasmine. It's a whole new world. Mm-mm-mm. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I have to try it. I, I love ginger <laughs> beer. I, mean, I love ginger beer. To, I'm a sucker for it. But geez. I will say. To anyone who, to the, to, to the very small Venn diagram of people who listen to uh, to this 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 wonderful program and who listen to the Dad Pod for that very tiny Venn diagram, and and they know my brother-in-law, he was <laughs> visiting, and uh, I would I was making the cocktails for him and our and our wives, and I brought the wives the drinks, I brought him a drink, I went back into the to the kitchen to make my drink, I finished, and I walked into the living room, he was putting his empty glass down, and I was like, okay, well if you if you, if you want another one, here, just take mine, I'll make another one. Go back in the room, make it my cocktail. <laughs> come back in the living room. He is finishing the second one, putting it down on the counter. And I was like, "All right, man, listen, I want to give you this third cocktail, and then I'm done because I want to drink one." That's just how good <laughs> they are. He's not—he's not a raging alcoholic by any means. He doesn't drink very frequently, but that's how tasty they are. You can put them down in the time it takes me to make a second one. Boom. Wow, that's so, that's the pitch. You can yeah, put it down before it takes me to make a second one. Yep, that's how good they are. You always have an interesting twist on classic drinks. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's great, bit, right? Yeah. Varieties of spice of life, or something like that. Yeah, Fourth something of like Ju- that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. thank you, Tim. We got two Fourth of July drinks. I don't know if they'll pass the <laughs> travel ban, but we'll we'll attempt them. <laughs> you know, there's a good good chance it won't be, it won't because they're both from south of somebody's border. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we're out. <laughs> All right, so that was Tim, Mr. Uh, Moses Von Holland on Instagram. And now we have Miss Trista with at your beauty pronoun. That's at your underscore beauty underscore pro. And she's got a tip for us. So what do you have for us this, this, uh, this time? Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, it's. Summer basically is hot, especially down here in Florida. It's hot. Um, we so, had 100 degree weather already. Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to piggyback a little bit off of um, our estheticians' great conversation and great advice as far as skincare goes. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that a lot of people combat oily skin, and especially in the hot, humid summer weather. Oh, yeah. Um, do you, perchance, have an issue with oily skin, Davey? I do not have oily skin. I'd say I have no, like uh, normal balanced skin. So it still gets, I mean, you know, I'm a guy. We produce a lot of sebum. So, yeah, eh, Very you know. true. Men do produce more than females for the most part. Um, just want to go over like some causes of it um, real quick. Um, one could be hormonal changes. Sorry. I mean, I know that has something to do with you no. and your gender. It's all good. <laughs> 
Well, However, I did switch up are. my I did switch up my protein the other day, so maybe you know. Yeah. That can also affect your skin for sure. Um, different medications people can be on stress triggers a lot of things in different people, but one of the results of stress can be you know excess oil on your skin. Um, another thing will be seasonal changes for whatever reason. Humid weather can increase the level of oil production. What? My sinuses yeah. act up with humidity, but not oil? My face? Yes. 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 Um, another thing that could cause, you know, excess oils in the skin, you know, I don't know about you. And I know you just recently tried the eye cream. Yeah. Right. I'm enjoying it, by the way. The fact that the fact that our esthetician was like, yo, it's it looks like it's actually working, I was like, oh, Made you feel good, right? Amen. Um, As I can only speak for us women, we tend to experiment with lots of products. I know Erica touched on something, you know, people saying, oh, well, this breaks me out. She's like, well, give your skin time to adjust to it. It could be purging or whatever the case may be. Um, It could be that we're switching up things too, too much, overusing certain creams or gels or scrubs. And that can also promote oil production in your skin. Mm. So you don't want to switch it up too much. I mean, that's just like doing anything else. Like we switch up our hair pots and stuff like that. You want to do it a little bit here and there, but not to the point where it can cause more harm than benefit. So some ways to kind of keep your oil in check. Number one, when you're cleansing your face, you know, you're supposed to do the final rinse with cool water, but you're actually supposed to wash your face with warm water. Right. Warm water. Warm. When you do your final rinse, turn that cold water on, turn the hot water off, and that just helps to close up your pores. All right, tip one. Amen. Uh, tip two, cleanse on a regular basis. Erica talked about, you know, cleansing in the morning and at night. Just water, don't do nothing. Water is neutral. It don't do nothing. 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 And I was like, say what? It does nothing? Because, <laughs> you know, we, we grew up thinking, okay, we don't want to overly strip our skin because that will also produce excess oil in the skin. Correct. Be sure to moisturize your skin. Even if you are oily, your skin is oily. One reason would also be because it's too dry. You're stripping it of the oil it actually needs, so it's overproducing the oil. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, for my girls who love a beat face. <sighs> Dudes like beat faces too, by the way. <laughs> but they don't like beat faces coming off on their clothes or on their no, sheets. No, like that. Oh, oh, no, not my sheets, man. Not my no. sheets. <laughs> Ladies, it may be a good idea to go lighter on your makeup when Please. it's outside. There's no such thing, no matter what you've heard, there is no such thing as sweat-proof makeup. Amen. Okay. Even that little spray thing that you do to keep the makeup, you know, whatever, the, to keep it oh, on. I don't know what that's that is. that's so cute, that spray thing. It's setting spray. Yeah, oh, that's that was cute. That's tough. Aww. Look, ladies, what I'm, what, to save you guys a little bit, just as a, as a man myself, I can tell you, we can tell when you guys have a lot of makeup on. Sure, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We like the face we're looking at. But to be completely honest, like, we're sitting here like, yo, you know what I'm saying? You probably look just as beautiful with less than what you have caked on right now. Awesome. And I'm a makeup artist. I can speak for that. It's like, I'd rather enhance a woman's features and her natural beauty 
don't cover it up because when you take it off, you want people to recognize you. They don't want them to think you're another person. <laughs> Tip from a pro, number one, use a primer before you put anything on your face. After your moisturizer, use a primer, let that primer set into your skin. Give it a chance to be absorbed. Number two, here is a very important tip. And this is only for my ladies that have oily skin. Use a translucent powder before you put on foundation, before you do concealer, before you do your BB cream. Remember we talked about that before? Yeah. Before you do anything that requires putting pigment onto your face, use a translucent powder and that will help combat the oil before you put anything else on your face. And then once you put your pigment of choice on your face, follow up with translucent powder again. Just dust it on your face. Don't mm. kick it on. Don't bake nothing. Okay. Don't bake <laughs> your face when you go outside and start sweating. Dust it. And remember, then you finish with the spray thingy that yeah, David was talking about. the spray thingy. I knew it was coming up. I knew it was coming up, man. Set your face with some um, setting spray, and then you should be good to go. Again, makeup is not a second layer of skin. It's going to come off. And it's designed to come off. I got to so ask. If you're sweating, if you're oily, your oil is going to break up everything. So just that's my professional tip. Do go you, ahead. Do they reapply when it starts blotching, or do they have to do they just have to give up at that point and wipe it off and start from the beginning no here's 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 a little thing most women know about this carry blotting sheets with you if you're sweating if you're getting oily take blotting sheets with you keep them in your purse they make them really small or if you don't have any on you go to the restroom and get some toilet tissue dab it on your face if you're in the public restroom even better use a toilet seat cover because that's the same material they make what? blotting sheets out of no just leave one no no for real for real, for real. This. <laughs> i know you're laughing but this is a true i mean life hack life hack level 1000 yes and that's earnest from a celebrity makeup artist so yeah i'm done you improvise. I'm, I'm done. Go to the restroom, get you a... Uh... Episode over. <laughs> we are through. I hope you guys got all your tips and we're not using it. <laughs> get a napkin, get paper towel, just dab, Toilet dab your face. Toilet seat all. cover. Okay, I'm done. Man, okay. It's okay. <sighs> See, these are all things that you fellas don't know about that, that we do. <sighs> to look good, to feel good. Yes. If... Man. The end. Okay. Well, thank you for that. <laughs> I've, I've learned something new today. And I hope Basic Fam, y'all learned something new today. And hopefully your boyfriends aren't listening to this. Um, <laughs> like, you putting toilet tissue on your face, girl. Oh, my God. Hey, anyway, thank you, Trista. It's always a blessing to hear any information or any beauty tips that you provide to us. And then, guys, if remember, if you want to reach out to her or to us, you can reach out to Trista on IG at your underscore beauty underscore pro. Or you can also use the Anchor FM app and you can just follow our page there, Basic Buzz. And uh, you can call in, leave a message, and we'll play it on our next episode and answer your questions. Alrighty, y'all. Have a good one. This is... Ciao. Hey, Basic Fam. The show today was produced by Basic LLC. Music was provided by Torian Miles. If you haven't already rated us, you know, it helps us get noticed. So one stars, five stars, it's up to you. But remember to subscribe and share and let people know about the Basic Buzz. 
All right, basic fam. See you next time.